Hello, and welcome to Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Todd asks, have you searched for your keys only to discover that they were right in front of you? He talks to us today about things that are right in front of us that we may not see. There are mysteries in front of us that have not been revealed yet, but when they are, we wonder why we didn't see them before. Let's listen in. Be sure to listen to the end of this podcast for some important information. All right, I wanna know, has anybody ever lost their car keys right in front of them on the coffee table? (laughs) Ever done that? Ever wondered why you didn't see them sitting there? Have you ever lost your sunglasses on your head? Yeah, spend time looking for them and they're right there the whole time. You know, Jan and I have kind of an interesting background, an interesting story in that uh, before we ever met, we both worked on the same street in Irving, Texas on Beltline. Uh, I in one office and her in the other and there were restaurants right there that we both went to on a regular basis and this is before I ever met her uh, and, and I did not know when I went into those restaurants, surely we were in the same restaurant at the same time, probably several times over the years we worked there, seeing each other and never recognizing the mystery of what was in our future, that one day we would be together and didn't even know it at the time. What I want to talk to you today about is sometimes there are things right in front of you that you don't even see. And there are mysteries around you that have not been revealed yet, but once they become revealed, you wonder why you didn't see them when they were right there the whole time. So I want to give you some examples in the Bible of things that were there, but people that did not see them. I'm going to start in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Satan is talking to Eve to convince her to eat from the tree that they've been told not to. In 3, 5, it says, For God knows that in the day that you eat from the tree, your eyes are going to be open, Eve, and you'll be like God, and you'll know good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was delightful to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves loin coverings. Now, let me ask you, Were Adam and Eve created physically blind? No, we know that they could see. They were not blind, but there was something that was there that they could not see. They could not see good and evil as separate things. They could not recognize evil. Even though it was there the whole time, they did not have the ability to recognize evil evil. Evil existed. We know that because Satan was there, but they did not recognize evil. They could not see it. But once their spiritual eyes were opened, then it was there, something that was there all the time. I'm going to go to Numbers chapter 22. There's a man named Balaam and he's riding on a donkey And as he rides on this donkey, the donkey all of a sudden turns off the path and he gets upset to get the donkey back on the path. And then the donkey rubs him up against a wall and he's frustrated by the fact that the donkey won't just walk. And then all of a sudden the donkey just lays down and he gets upset and he hits this donkey with a stick and in Numbers 22, 28 it says this. 
Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, the one that's laying on the ground. And she, the donkey, said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you've struck me these three times? Now, you can imagine how angry Balaam actually is to come out with this response. And Balaam said to the donkey, because you've made a mockery of me, and if there'd been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you now. Now, I don't know about you, but my first words would have been, you're a donkey, you're not supposed to be talking. (laughs) But he's so upset, the first thing he can think of is, I want to whoop you. Then the donkey says to Balaam, am I not your donkey that you've ridden on all your life to this day? Have you ever been accustomed to do so? Have I ever been accustomed to do so to you? And Balaam says, no. Verse 31, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand and he bowed down to the ground. Let me ask you the question. In this story, is Balaam physically blind? No, but there is an angel of the Lord standing in the path that the donkey sees, but Balaam doesn't see him. So the donkey tries to avoid this angel of the Lord three different times, but Balaam did not have the ability to see the donkey. His eyes were closed, so he couldn't see what was there in front of him all the time. Second Kings chapter 6. Elisha has a servant. They're in a city called Dothan. The enemy has sent an army to come and get Elisha to the city of Dothan. And the servant goes out and sees this army of the enemy. 2 Kings 6.15. Now when the attendant of the man of God, that's the servant, had risen up early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, alas, master, what are we gonna do? So he answered him, don't fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and beheld that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Here's my question. Was the servant of Elisha physically blind when he went out to see? No, he could actually see that army, but he did not have the ability to see what was actually there. But once his eyes were opened, he could then see what had been there all along. Luke chapter 24, verse 28. Jesus has been crucified. Nobody quite knows where he is. There are two men walking down the road, on the road to Emmaus, the scripture says. And in 24, 28, it says, and they approached the village where they were going, and he, Jesus, who was walking with them, acted as though, uh, acted as though they were going further. But he urged them, saying, stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went to stay with them. And when they had reclined at the table with him, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and began giving it to them. Watch 31. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. In other words, they had been walking with Jesus all day and did not know it was Jesus. Their eyes had been opened and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, were our hearts not burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scripture to us? Were these two men physically blind? No, 
The two men did not have the ability to see that it was Jesus who was walking with them until their eyes were open and they saw what was there all the time. All the time. In other words, some things can be hidden in plain sight, like a phone. (laughs) Some things can be hidden in plain sight. There are mysteries around you that you don't even see. Let me give you an example. You have been in a room where you can see my Bible. It's not here, but it's been in front of you all of the time. It's right there in plain sight and you don't even see it. My Bible has been here the whole time in plain sight, and you have not seen my Bible. Can you imagine being right in plain sight of something and not even seeing it, not even recognizing that it was there? I didn't hide it from you. I put it directly in your eyesight. It was there all the time, but most of you never saw it. Let me ask, did anybody see it? I got two, three, four people that saw it. Awesome. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling a parable. He's talking about four different kinds of soil that seed gets spread about on. And he has this group of disciples and they are wondering, why doesn't this guy just talk straight? Why does he always have to tell a story? If you have known Pastor Polk for very long, you know what it means to always get an analogy and a story. And they're wondering, why can't he just say it straight? So in Matthew 13, verse 10, and the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered, to you, watch, to you, it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been granted. Two groups. There is a group that it has been granted to know the mysteries of heaven, and there is a group that it has not been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from. Now, I've heard this thing taught in so many different ways, but I wanna clarify what I think it means. When it says, for whoever has, to him more shall be given and abundance, the question is, whoever has what? But if you look at the preceding sentence, it's whoever has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. We will have an abundance of understanding and knowing the mysteries of the kingdom because it's been granted to us. It has been granted to us to know more. But whoever does not have, does not have the granting to know the mysteries. Whatever he thinks he understands is gonna become even more confusing to him. (laughs) Are you ready? Anybody ever talk to a non-believer who wants to explain to you what the kingdom of God means? Yeah, because they talk about this cosmic control freak They talk about the illusion of the kingdom of God for the weak-minded people. 
that God does these horrible things and that he lets them happen to people on and on and on, that he's this mystical force that all of religion depends upon. Listen, they have not been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? Okay, so go on. Verse 13, therefore, Jesus says, therefore, for that reason, I speak to them in parables because, watch, while seeing, they don't see. While hearing, they don't hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you'll keep on hearing, but you don't understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive, listen to me, even though the kingdom was right in front of you all the time. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have their eyes closed. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, watch this, and I would heal them. I don't know if you just saw the connection that he just made, but they are unhealed because they do not see the kingdom of heaven. Let that sink in for a moment. They're unhealed because they don't see the kingdom of heaven. But blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. What did the prophets and the righteous men desire to see? The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They didn't have the opportunity because it wasn't ushered in until Christ came, and now he's trying to explain to them what it is, and some people are seeing it, and some people are not, and some people have been granted to see, and some people not. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, for to us God revealed them through the Spirit, For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For whom among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit, small s, your Spirit, except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit that is within God, of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world. We have received the spirit, capital S, who is from God, so that, my favorite two words in the Bible, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. There should be at least eight amens. Okay. In the spirit, we have been given the things that are freely given to us by God and they are revealed to us through the spirit. So through the spirit, we learn what has God given us. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man, a natural man, a human man, thinking of it in the flesh man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. I could stop and do a whole message just on that one phrase. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in 
spirit and in truth. In other words, if you're not in the business of spiritually appraising things, you're not understanding God. If you're trying to understand God in the flesh, you will miss God because he works in the spirit and he has a kingdom around you that you are in that is in the spirit. So do you see that you have to look into the spiritual realm to see the things of God and they can be right there in front of you and you don't even see them. Why? Because we're appraising things in the physical instead of in the spiritual. Adam and Eve, Balaam, Elisha's servant, the men on the road to Emmaus, looking in the physical, not comprehending in the spiritual. What's happening around you in the kingdom of God right now that you're not seeing? What's happening around you right now in the kingdom of God that you're not seeing. You see, it's the physical versus the spiritual eyes. Let me explain. Let me give you some examples. When someone gets healed, do you see that their pain is gone or do you see that spiritual power was released in their body? When someone gets a financial blessing, do you see that their bills will get paid or do you see a divine provision of God? When you see men allowed in women's bathrooms, do you see a voting issue or do you see the evil and the enemy gaining ground? Mm. When a pastor lays hands on you and yells, fire, do you think that was really loud? Or does your spirit get stirred? When people reject you because of Jesus, do you see mean people or do you see spiritual promotion? When the word and the spirit come together in a church, do you see a neat new church concept or do you see an ordained move of God to change a territory? When the leadership of the country changes, do you see more politics or God intervening in our future? When you come off of a great conference into bickering and fighting with your spouse and your family, do you see tired people are you to see the enemy at work to cause division and maybe to get the dove to fly? If you are here, you know what that means. When you see a pastor, do you see a person to be suspicious of or an appointed person of God to help you grow in the kingdom? When you think of your sin, do you see something that brings about consequences or do you see an offense and a betrayal to a loving God and his kingdom? Ouch. When you see a person emotionally struggling, do you see a need to find a counselor or do you see a need to get them in front of the Holy Spirit, the counselor? When you see a Christian who's in physical pain, listen to me, when you see a Christian who is in physical pain, do you think about needing a doctor or do you think about things like unforgiveness and bitterness? When you think of heaven, do you think one day or you think on earth as it is in heaven? See, you have to remember in Romans 8, 5. In Romans 8, 5, it says this. For those who are according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now watch. For the mind that set on the flesh is death, 
and the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. The mind that's set on the flesh is death. The mind on the spirit is life and peace. Now that's not just talking about a mind that's set on the sins of the flesh or even the mind that's set on the law. It is saying that a mind that looks at things in the flesh will not be seeing them in the spirit. <laughs> I, I might have to wait until that one hits. If your thoughts are on things of this world, you will only have the things of this world to guide you. Are you with me? If your thoughts are on things in the spirit, you will have the kingdom of heaven to guide you. Mm, I choose the kingdom of heaven because it's more of a reality than what I have today because it's eternal and everlasting and this is temporary. Why do I want to invest in the temporary instead of the everlasting? You see, my Bible was up on the wall the whole time in plain sight. And I often believe the Holy Spirit is like this in our churches. Always there, but not often recognized. Always there, but often overlooked. Always there, but somehow lost in the environment. Always there, but has to be pointed out by someone else for us to see him. Do you know that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, Jesus in just the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just the gospels refers to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven 82 times. 82 times. If you were to take the word save, saved, and salvation and combine them together, it doesn't come close to being mentioned as often as the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is. Why? Because we're not just in this for salvation. We're in this for the kingdom of God. Now, hear me out. To see the kingdom of God, you must be saved. You must have your spiritual eyes open. But once you're saved, you are living in the spiritual kingdom of God. I mean, can you imagine your life in the kingdom of God, but blind to everything about it? See, in the kingdom of God, there's a king. <laughs> there's a king. It ain't no democracy, like my wife said. He knows what's right. He knows what's best. He makes the decisions. We follow because he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called to his purpose. So I want to do whatever he says to do because he's a king. There's a Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here to empower you with not only the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, but revelation of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You cannot read your Bible and understand the kingdom of God without Holy Spirit revelation of the word. That's why we strive to put the word and the spirit together because I cannot understand the word without the spirit. If I try to understand the word without the spirit, you know what I get? Morality. I become a good person. I try to do good things in my own desires and my own works and my own will instead of being changed from the inside to be in a kingdom of God to work in a power to change. Ah, there's an almighty God in the kingdom of God. And the beauty of it is he describes himself as love. 
He describes himself as love. God loves you. The Father loves you. I know for many of that's hard to comprehend a father and love in the same sentence. It was awkward in my family. But the reality is this God loves you inequivocally, without a doubt, dramatically, lovingly, completely, convincingly. He loves you. There are warring angels in the kingdom of God to fight the battles, to protect you, to be around you. You know, the scripture says that you have ministering spirits around you. They come to your aid. They come to, uh, to be a part of what's going on in your life and to help you with those things. There are, in the kingdom of God, spiritual principles spiritual principles. They're not like physical principles. Quite often, they're the exact opposite of physical principles. Because in physical principles, it says if you want to have money, you got to get money and you got to keep it and you got to find out how to make it multiply. In the spiritual principle is, if you want to have, you got to give it. You have to be generous and God will supply your needs. Why? Because of your generosity, because you're giving away. In the kingdom of God, there is a delegated authority. When Jesus dies on the cross, he says, I now have all authority in heaven and on earth. Now you go and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. He's giving you a delegated authority in the kingdom to work on a kingdom spiritual level to solve physical problems, but you're solving physical problems in order to show the spiritual realm. In a minute, they'll wake up. And then there's an enemy, a real enemy. An enemy that's not just trying to take your health. He's not just trying to ruin your finances. He's an enemy that's trying to kill your hope. He's trying to destroy your life. He's trying to steal things from you that God has promised to you. And he's doing it because he's at battle with our king. He's at battle with our God. And he's trying to take you away from that God. And and there are people who are blind to it. Scripture calls it the lost, the blind. Those who haven't been set free to receive what's been granted in the kingdom of God. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. Now for some very exciting news. Pastor Todd's latest book has just been released. It's called Missing Pieces. Have you ever asked yourself, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, why do I still do the things I don't want to do? Pastor Todd addresses this and many more important questions that most of us have pondered for years. Pastor Todd fills in the missing pieces that we have wondered about, and when those pieces are understood and put in place, the bigger picture becomes more clear. This new book is available now on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located 
at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue in Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.